you're listening to In Addition with your adequately perfect hosts, Stephanie Crignola and Emily Swan. Hello, Trash Pandas, and welcome back to In Addition, sister podcast of the Almost Daily Pod. Hello! Welcome. Yes, that got a little Mrs. Doubtfire, but that's all right, because I love it. I, I love it in, like, concept, not in actuality, because, boy, if you start to think about that being actual, it gets not great. But... Yep. It's just, I just enjoy Robin Williams in the fictional universe that that happens in. But yeah, so, hey, this leads me into my topic pretty great because, uh, so I don't always make great first impressions because I am a nervous creature and my nerves tend to manifest as verbal diarrhea. So if you meet me for the first time, I talk a whole bunch because I don't know what to do and I panic. So, yeah, Uh, but I would like to bring up, again, first impressions, and I think this is fun because it is how you feel as yourself presenting and meeting new people for the first time, but also, what does a first impression mean to you? Is that your, like, go-to, like, if that person presents themselves a certain way, is that your read on them forever, or is it just, we'll say, the, the first take? Uh, are they still in in rehearsals and haven't gone uh, to actual performance yet? So, yeah, I'll throw that out to you, Steph. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, this is a hard question. So I've been thinking about this a lot. <laughs> um, I feel like I... so i (laughs) it's hard um most of my college friends and like you know for like the while after college um if you asked any of them like what their first impression of me was it's just that i was a huge bitch and didn't want to be their friend and I think that's changed in more recent years because I think I've like swung the pendulum the other way and like people think I want to be their friend and maybe I don't. Um, But I just was over. I do. I don't love (laughs) meeting new people. I get really like overwhelmed with it. I don't like being around people. I don't know. Um, (laughs) so okay so mike says uh when i met her she was too cool for school sitting in a hallway in a leather jacket with her headphones on ignoring everyone now i have to say when i first met mike he was sitting on a railing outside of the theater building with a bright red mohawk so like who's too cool for who um but yeah i just kind of like gave off this vibe, I guess, because I was like in college, I was just mean to everyone. And they all thought like, like once they like got to know me, they were like, Oh, she's just joking about it all the time, which a lot of times I wasn't. Um, and like, I, I don't know how to deal with that. So I, that's just kind of who I became and who I was. They were like, Oh, Steph's a huge bitch. And I was like, sure. Totally. am. suck it. So, so- This was fascinating to me because this kind of came up uh, as an aside in the discord. And when you mentioned that it was so weird to me because it is so far 
from the impression that I have of you and from working with you. I was like, wait, really? It's like, I don't think I'm missing anything. Like, I'm usually a pretty decent judge of character. But I was like, so it was, I was really curious about that because even when I met you at Dragon Con, like, I didn't get those vibes at all. Dragon Con, I was too overwhelmed to even think about being mean to anyone. <laughs> I did nothing. Nothing was nice. I was, I hated everything. I had such a fun time at, at, um, uh at dragon con but like crowds are not my thing people are not my thing um I, I think that it shifted for me when i started running my own theater company because like i am the face of this organization and i have to be i have to be engaging and welcoming and overly supportive of every single person who walks through that door because I want them to feel part of it. And especially when you're working with something like Shakespeare, that people are already nervous and they already, they don't, they don't think they have any business being there, but I've been like, no, I promise you're going to do great. Like that whole, (laughs) (laughs) that whole like group of people, like I have to put that out there. Like that's what I project. And I feel like for social media, like that's still what I project through social media is that element of my personality that is like, everyone can do this. Everyone is welcome. Everyone should be supported entirely. And I'm not saying that's not who I am because I do believe that everyone is capable. Like I fundamentally believe that everyone has a place uh, in these spaces and everyone is better than they think they are. Um, But like, it's definitely different from when I was in college. Yes. And yes. And I I also think, as we've talked about, depending on what your goal is for social media, you present a different thing. And, you know, obviously when I'm when I'm streaming on Twitch or when I am teaching, that's a very specific persona. And that person. So previous to the, the pandemic, I ran open social dance nights. So the plan was you show up. I teach you 30 minutes of dance that you dance as a couple. And then for the next hour and a half, I play music and it's meant for beginners to experience dancers. And it's just a fun social dance thing. But because we have people coming in cold and fresh and brand new, like I ought to hit them with fun and inclusive right away. So that is a much more elevated version of Emily than my normal self, because I need to get them and I need to grab them immediately. And, and so that person, like, I feel like at the end of the night, when I come home and kind of like take my coat off, I also take off that very exaggerated version of myself because I'm not like that all the time. I was like, Oh, it's quiet. Okay. Now I can just sit and Oh, my cheeks hurt from smiling. So, and like, it's so important to have someone that you share a space with understand that like, Mike very much understands that element of uh, on versus off. And so, and I've had, you know, people in my life that don't get that because they're just um, who they are. <laughs> you know, they're like themselves all the time, which I don't understand. <laughs> I'm like, how no. do you do that? Um, no. But it's hard to explain to someone who doesn't naturally gravitate towards that, like, way of, like, turning on and turning off. Um, So, like, I feel very lucky that Mike does understand that it is purposeful um, and there are goals to be achieved 
in the way you present yourself. Like it's just part of being an adult. I guess. (laughs) And and the big thing is, you know, because we are at this point a bit removed from high school, removed from college, I'm not the same person that I was before. And, you know, the hope. That was for me. That wasn't for you. I didn't know you were college. Thank God I'm not the same person. I was obnoxious in college. Like I was just a little too much all the time. I blame the lack of sleep and too much coffee, but like my hope is that, like, I get to keep some of the fun parts, which is why people like me, but also maybe, again, learn from learn from some of those interactions. But it's a weird thing of being very intimidated by public speaking, but having a very, very deep desire to please absolutely everybody and make sure that they all like you. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like there's that intensity that comes from behind my eyes where people are like, wow, she's just she's a lot. And I was like, it's fear. It's all fear. And I don't know how to manage it. So I'm just going to smile more. <laughs> but I so growing up, it was it was just me for a long time. Uh, my sister is 10 years younger than me. So I grew up as an only child at a very small, like rural area. So it's very, very close to my parents. So like many kind of homeschool and only child kids, I spoke to adults more than I spoke to other kids. So already I kind of had just a weird way of interacting with people, but this is going to sound so weird. My parents were really nice to me and we had a really nice relationship. And so my understanding of the world was that, oh, everybody's really nice. This is cool. And when I got into middle school, um, people were not being super nice. (laughs) taking advantage of me. So my father has to pull me aside and be like, okay, you need to not be so nice. I'm like, but why, why are they doing this? I don't understand. And so like, there was a very specific turning point where all of a sudden it was, (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. (laughs) They were really nice. Um, but it meant that all of a sudden I had to start maybe not trusting people as much, which is a bummer. And it's, you know, again, (laughs) because it was recently Valentine's Day, I was thinking of the scene in The Simpsons where Ralph gives Lisa a a card and there's a moment where it's like, right there, you can see where his heart broke. And that was what it was for me, where all of a sudden I had that moment of realization that maybe the world wasn't as nice as I thought it was. And I had to start not trusting people like I had before. So there's an evolution from that point of how I meet people, how I present myself. I started hanging out with a different group of people. And I started, you know, I ended up having a lot more guy friends at that point because I had the growing up at the firehouse humor, but now I kind of had like a different type of energy around me. So that, again, that was a whole change from the person that you would have met, you know, little tiny elementary school, Emily, who was chatty and would talk to everybody to middle school and high school, Emily, who was a little bit more cautious and a little bit more reserved because, oh, there's a chance you might actually hurt me. And I don't like that. So I think it's really, I think that shift is really interesting um, because it's so opposite me. Um, I grew up in competition. Competitive figure skating is not a nice place to be. Nobody is kind to anyone. Everyone is cruel, you know, everyone. Like, um, and I was competing against my sisters. So I didn't even have that element of like, support um everything was a competition and so transitioning into theater in college like also a competition <laughs> not, less. not less 
So I had built this like huge wall um, and I prided myself on not having emotions, on being like absolutely uh, unaffected. Like you can't touch me. Like you cannot crack through this. Like you won't get close to me because nobody's nice in this world. And that was just kind of like how I acted and how I was. And then I think that looking at it from when I built my own space for people to come into, like, I didn't want any element of that. I wanted everyone. And so there are a few, like, if I'm really looking back, there are a few like transition years where I started to like, definitely outside was, um, more open and welcoming. And like, I wanted to start creating that space, but inside I was still like, Oh, but can't touch me. (laughs) Like I can be nice to you, but don't you even try. Um, (laughs) And then that just kind of like, I guess the more you act open and welcoming, the more you are opening yourself up to having those kinds of relationships. And now I'm just like this big, huge baby who cries at everything. And like, I have very many feelings and I'm not ashamed of them anymore. So I feel like I'm almost living like, you know, the first 24 years all at once. Yeah. (laughs) They're all coming out now. No, that's incredible. And it's, <laughs> it sounds silly to say, but I, for as physically tough as I have been throughout my life, I was never emotionally tough. And, and people, their words hurt me and it got to me. And so it was one of those where I, I didn't get to the point of moving beyond that until well into my twenties. And I would say even into my thirties where finally I was just like, don't actually care what you say now like but it it's really hard and and it was tough i think then because when we talk about you know pressure and competition as i realized like as i got out of school which i could do really well and moved into the working world now now i've got to make you like me because i need you to hire me and and so that additional pressure of i know i can win you over but I've got to get through this first encounter and not build up so much pressure on myself before we get to that first moment so that I can just be a normal human for 15 minutes for an interview. And then like, you'll, you really will learn to love me. (laughs) I'm just, I'm just a lot right at the start. So I like this uh, comment that KJP threw in there. Um, A great friend once said to me, some people need to treat others the way they want to be treated. You need to treat yourself the way you treat other people. And I think that really ties into the way that we're like that we uh, developed and the way we started to understand that, like, we needed to be kind to ourselves. uh, And um, like open our open up to ourselves the same way we were opening up to other people. Yeah. But it's, again, it's one of those where I, like you were saying, I envy the people who seemed to, to move very easily throughout the social situations, whether it was in high school, whether it was in college. And again, I don't know if it was just an act. Some of these people, I genuinely think they just, they just didn't care what other people thought, or it didn't matter enough to them to really affect them. And like, I was jealous of that. Cause I was like, I don't, I actually don't understand like, I don't understand the programming. I don't know how you got there. And, and so, and it's, and I, 
The one thing I will say is I'm very appreciative of certain parts of what I went through. You know, having a really shitty time in middle school, being bullied, being, you know, pushed down a flight of stairs and not having a great go of it. Because now when I teach my middle school art kids, I was like, no, you're weird and it's going to suck. And you might not give a shit, or at least that's your outward personality. But my hope is that you get to look up at this weird teacher who's standing in front of you and be like, nope, I went through it too. Here's what sucked about middle school for me. And whether you like the way that I, you know, whether you want to be like me or not, it's at least a, I did it. I survived. I made it to the other side being a weird kid. And I'm hoping that you do too, because the Mm -hmm. world is better with you in it. And there's so much power to being able to be open and honest with our students about things like that. Like there is, I, gosh, uh, I didn't, I never used to like need anyone. I didn't need anyone's help. Kind of like you were saying, like, I didn't need teachers to help me in school. I was just good at it. Um, my coaches weren't going to give a crap about me anyway, because I was old and fat. So like, I didn't need them. What do I need them for? I don't need to practice because if you tell me I'm not going to be successful at it anyway, why would I? Um, We need people. (laughs) Like, I know you think you don't, Steph. I know you, 14-year-old you, you don't think you need anyone and you can just like put your head down and barrel through your whole life, but you can't. And it's a lot better when you have (laughs) uh, mentors that you can trust. And so even just like, being able to guide kids to that, like find someone, find someone who you can talk to, find someone who you can get through this with. Like, it doesn't have to be me. Yeah. It, it just should be someone like you are not alone. Yeah, no. And I think it's, again, like I've said many times, my sister is almost a complete opposite of me. Like she got all the brains. She is so stinking smart. It's ridiculous, but incredibly introverted, incredibly shy. And high school wasn't as much fun for her. Whereas I did everything like for all of the smarts. She doesn't want to go out for sports. She doesn't want to be a part of the clubs because she doesn't want to be around the people. And there was one teacher admin who saw it and he's like, Hey, you know what you should do? You should go to the library and help them. And she did. And she she ended up going back to the high school library to work with the teacher after she had graduated. But I was, again, it was, he saw it and he understood it and he got to see the person that my family knows my sister is, but that nobody else saw, especially at school. And I, again, forever grateful for him for just being like, no kid, I get you. And I like you. You're weird. And I like you. Um, and there was something, this was when, uh, Stealth King threw out much earlier, but he said, one of my best friends thought I was a dick, but he met me during the time I was divorcing my ex-wife. And that's, that was a huge part of it is when did you meet me? Because like we've talked about, there was evolution, there was change. There is, there's been growth. I think, you know, some of the, the obnoxious characteristics have toned down a little bit, some of it, cause I just don't have as much energy anymore, but <laughs> you know, that, as much as I hate it cause it's on like bumper stickers and background pictures on Facebook, but it's, you never know what someone else is going through, like what battles they're fighting. So it's, it's really trying to take a step back and be like, all right, are they actually a dick or are they just having a bad day? And sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't, but it's the, at least I'm trying, I'm trying to think that maybe like, maybe you weren't. So it's, I'll say it's the marriage of 
my youthful optimism and Disney princess, everything is happy and awesome. Um, very much Rapunzel, like so much Rapunzel. I'm just like, this is the best day ever. Um, <laughs> with, you know, the, the reality of the world without losing all of that optimism, being able to be like, no, they could be having a bad day. So I'm giving you one, you, you get a mulligan unless you do something really terrible. But if you don't improve after that, I don't need more friends. Like I love meeting people and I love it, but I don't need you. I don't need an acquaintance. I don't need you as a Facebook friend. I don't need you in my life. Yeah. So. No, I think, and a lot of that is, um, I, I think that you can tell a lot about what you project based on the types of people that gravitate towards you. And so like, I know we, when we talk about the people we actively want to be friends with, we'll present ourselves in a different way, but like, it's the people who come to you when you're not trying, um, that I think tells you a lot about their first impressions and who they see in you rather than, cause it's so impossible to really analyze, uh, the way other people see you from your own perspective. Yeah. Um, but like my main gravitate my mic makes fun of me all the time like my main gravitational pull is like sad dads <laughs> like dads who are going through divorces or like just like that sad dad type mostly dads who are going through divorces that's pretty much it that's my like friend type um oh, so that's self king right because he's gone through the divorce <laughs> <laughs> well so like king. <laughs> but that's like I, I guess i'm I guess I listen. Yeah. But like, there's so many, there are so many people and I love them dearly. And like, I want to be there and support them and like their struggles matter to me. And so I guess maybe that's what they see. And like, they're, you know, they pull towards that, but like, I'll be talking to Mike and I'll be like, Oh yeah. So-and-so. And he's like, who's that? And I'm like, sad dad. <laughs> <laughs> like they're just in sad dad category. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, to be fair, for clarification, uh, Stealth King was not a dad at the time. So. <laughs> Some of them aren't, but they still fall into sad dad categories. I will <laughs> say you don't have to be a dad to be a sad dad. <laughs> so, so it's funny because I'll say my, my weird gravitation that I get, um, is random people at grocery stores and like not department stores anymore, but like Target and stuff like that. It's even weirder now because I'm wearing a mask and you can't see my face because previous to then I had the knee jerk of, if you look at me, I'm going to smile because that's what my brain says I need to do. Um, because I'm afraid of predators. I don't know, but I don't show my teeth, show my teeth. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I was on my headphones on a phone call with someone and the shirt that I was wearing prompted a random worker at Walmart. So this isn't even just a weird Walmart person. This is a worker at Walmart to come over and chat with me. And I'm just like, okay. So it's like resting friendly face where I'm just like, you know what? She wants to talk to you. And I was like, I didn't know this, but okay. Like, hi, how, how can I help you? Yeah, I definitely don't project any of that. Nobody talks to me. Like nobody approaches me in stores and places. And I like, I definitely have like an aggressive looking face, I think. Um, Cause I do not get that ever. <laughs> nobody like dares talk to me. I, like it's such like, if I have headphones in, 
people like will walk the other direction. They will cross the street to not. You gotta teach me how to how to channel that because yeah, again, like I was, I think I had headphones in, looking at like something. I was digging in like office supplies or back to school supplies. And I had a woman in Target come up to me and ask me to like help her find something. And I'm just like, that's so weird. I'm tilted. <laughs> I can't get shop workers to approach me when I'm waiting for a service. That's me too. I'll like stand because I, I feel bad interrupting people when they're working. So I'll just like stand adjacent to them and kind of look in their direction and wait for them to notice me. And it never had like nobody ever. <laughs> I'm just so unapproachable oh my gosh that cracks me up uh, yeah so <laughs> i will say there was one time and this is when toys r us was still a thing um I, to factor into i think part of that is i am not a tall human i am a very small human so i think i look at first glance look a little bit more childlike than perhaps my age would indicate but so i'm at toys r us and i'm looking for a sales associate and I can't find anybody and the thing I need is on the top shelf and because of the setup I can't just climb up there and get it so I literally have to walk out into the aisle of Toys R Us and look for somebody ask a random human who is walking by with his wife and be like excuse me sir could you please reach this toy on the top shelf for me I am 26 years old thank you so much <laughs> bye oh no so yeah it's it's weird it is weird and it's weird how like those first impressions and i know like we've talked for most of this about like conversational first impressions but those kinds of just first glance impressions i think are so fascinating because what is it about you that people gravitate towards and what is it about me that people just like walk the other direction from like, yeah why yeah i don't <laughs> Anyone Again. out there, uh, hey, yeah, listen and chat. Uh, analyze our <laughs> nonverbal presence and let us know why we... <laughs> Tell me why people run away from me. <laughs> but to be fair, like, that's the way I want it. And so I think I project that because I yeah. don't want to talk to you. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, yeah, and I don't know. I don't know if this is still, like deep embedded like conditioning of you need to be nice and you need to be polite which is obviously not the worst thing but definitely like yeah i don't give off menace I don't... if you want to talk about menace, <laughs> menace so menacing. hero says what's up hero also says why are you shooting off fireworks it's february 15th it's not a holiday there's nothing special happening besides snow. Yeah, it's not fireworks. My poor dog. <laughs> uh, so again, I know he he just walked out of the room. Oh, he's back. All right. So shout out, Mike. <laughs> he said, meeting people at Dragon Con was different. We were excited to meet other creators and wanted to make a good impression. Absolutely. And it was, again, it was weird, like, walking up to, especially because we're at the Botched House, and there's so many different creators there. And I literally know two people. Swan, were you at the botch house? I was. I feel like I'm Tony right now. I <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, I met you and Mike and Anthony and the other two, I think. Because we talked about art. We talked about how, okay. Yep. Because, that was my, because I had to give 
again, in my brain, I don't think I actually had to do this, but in my brain, I had to justify a reason why I was there. So my justification was I did the artwork for botch. This is how you know me. And this is why I'm worthy to be in this space. And boy, we can dive into that psychology at yeah. a later date. And we uh, will. <laughs> But that actually, it leads into a fantastic interaction I had with an artist in Artist Alley at Comic-Con. And I was coming up, I was looking through his portfolio, and it was incredible. And he was asking, because you get different badges if you're sitting behind a table, if you're just an attendee, all of that. And I was like, oh, yeah, but I'm, you know, I'm just over there in Artist Alley. And he's like, what do you mean, just? Like, you're there. And it was... It was humbling in that moment. And of course, I just wanted to turn into a puddle and die right on the spot. But it was important to me because why did I downplay it? I worked. Right. I mean, you pay for a spot. Like, that's why you're there and you showed up and you're you're showing your work. Why did you feel the need to to minimize this thing that you're doing? And it changed how I presented myself at shows that, well, you know, I'm not a major published artist, but. I have published work. I have a book when I, you know, an ISBN number. I'm in the Library of Congress. Like, I deserve to be here. I deserve yeah. to have space. And and it it changed. It changed how I presented myself at shows and how I spoke about myself when I did introduce. Now, that leads me to, I know we're running at the end, <laughs> but just something I want to leave with is like how you, first impressions on paper. Like I'm doing a PhD application right now and trying to do that. Like, here's why I deserve to be there. Like, how do you present yourself in a, like in an application for attending pro or something like that? So, so I have two sides of it. Um, so what's a beautiful thing for me and that part of it is because I get to let my artwork speak for me. Even on my resume, my resume has a piece of artwork of myself drawn on it. So before you ever meet me, before you ever talk to me or see me in person, there's a picture of me and yep. you get, you get a sense of who I am. Um, but I'll say from, from the side of it that I'm not as comfortable with is trying to develop a written voice that sounds like me. And you want to know what was great for that was online dating. Because, boy, if you want to run the gauntlet of trying to get people to think you're funny without ever getting, like, my tone or my inflection or my timing, yeah, try just rapid fire, just, like, bumble, any of it. You're just like, okay. Oh, I right. did. I did try that. <laughs> I don't want to ever do that again. Though, so. I lasted, like, a month. The only reason I was on it is because Mike and another one of our friends were also on it, and we would just, like, text screenshots to each other yeah but it's, it's a dark place uh my favorite though was uh again i would get very you know they spent a lot of time on their body they were well fit gentlemen awesome for them um How many fish I, have they caught though uh, god so many so <laughs> many fish so many fish uh i wanted to put together an art like project of all of the like the faces of dating apps with like the one the terrible picture of guys down here and then the other one of them holding fish but <laughs> Not yet. Uh, and then I got out dating apps. But um, yes, yes, Mike, plenty of fish. Boo. We, we hear you. We see you. Boo. <laughs> but I, I would think it was funny because in my profile, it mentions art. It mentions comics. It mentions nerdy stuff of many different things. So I was like, all right, I don't know why you're matching with me, but okay. 
But I would always float out to those gentlemen, like, especially if it was around like dusk, I'd be like, all right, big guy, sun's getting real low. Just, and that was my test. I was like, here you go. Impress me. See if you're going to, and they'd be like, really? It's not dark here yet. I was like, okay. Mike had a coworker who would text people on dating apps at like noon or like 2 PM with just you up. And I think that's the funniest online dating move I've ever. We should do a whole thing about online dating, but I think that just the idea of like writing a cover letter or presenting yourself in a genuine, authentic way without sounding too stuffy, but without sounding too cool, too casual, because it's, I feel like in a, in a representation that's too casual, it undermines the fact that you really give a shit about this stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so, so that was something important to me again, because I was so nervous about my written voice, I would send it out to people and be like, does it sound like me? Does it sound like not necessarily, you know, obviously how I talk, but does it represent me in a worded fashion? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's tough. The eternal question. (sighs) Yeah. But not showing love to dating apps, but I do have something else that I want to show love to because no, forget the dating apps. But the thing I want to show love to is a couple friends of mine from the Comic-Con group have a Twitch channel and a podcast that they're doing called Slaying Dragons in the AM. You can also find them on YouTube at Slaying Dragons in the Morning, which I think is super fun. Um, And I especially want to shout them out this week because they did something really cool and they reached out uh, to a bunch of their friends in the creator world and says, Hey, why is D&D important to you? And I was like, Oh, and then I was like, well, how long do you want? He's like, like 30 seconds. I was like, <laughs> okay. Um, I went a minute, but it was a really cool thing. They love D&D. They love art. Um, one of them is a fellow artist with me behind the scenes. One of them's a voice actor. These are people who not only big time nerds, but they're just cool people. So give them some love on, on Twitch. Go check out their stuff on YouTube. If you look up the episode six, which they have a guest on, I think it's, it's about an hour or so towards the end of the episode. Uh, nope, I lied. It's at the 50 minute mark. Uh, you can see the the compilation of everybody who sent in videos talking about why they love D&D, myself included. So yeah, show them some love. love. They're, they're good guys and they're doing something fun. And yeah, that's awesome. Uh, if you want to see more of me, you can follow me across the internet at a swan named Emily. You can let me know if you think that the the tweets that I put out and the Facebook posts that I make sound like me now that you listen to me and know what I sound like. Uh, <laughs> I think one of my favorite things was uh, I had said something, I swore a whole bunch and then said something really lewd in a personal conversation with Nicole, aka Mayor Squish, and she's like, I didn't know you swore. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Yeah, I swear a whole bunch and have a real dirty mind, but I also teach children for a living, so I have to not always do that. Uh, But yeah, if you want to see some of the artwork coming up, uh, this, you won't get it for the podcast, but for those of you here in chat, uh, on Wednesday, Doodle Crew is having another episode. That's over on my Twitch channel, which is twitch.tv. That's why I named Emily Doodle Crew Hype. But also we have a Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook page. So you can follow that. And we post updates about when we are going live and the cast we have with that. 
And super exciting thing that does make it in time for this is if you want to see more of Steph and I coming up on the 21st of February, there's another episode of Sketch and Shakespeare, baby. So 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, also on my Twitch channel. So really what I'm saying is if you don't already, go follow my Twitch channel and you get to see a lot of cool stuff there. Not all of it is me. So also show some love to the Almost Daily Discourse boys because they need it. Because unlike, uh, yeah, (laughs) unlike us, they don't always make great first impressions, but they're really (laughs) good guys. (laughs) So they are on this same channel, twitch.tv slash Almost Daily Pod every Wednesday. So go show them some love and have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye.